Hey, you're listening to City Lift Church's podcast. We hope today's message fuels you with courage for your journey. Here's today's message. Today, I'm going to wrap up Fresh Start, and, and I'm, I'm excited to preach this message. I'm going to preach a message called Pause Your Pursuit. Pause Your Pursuit. If you're taking notes, which we all should, blessed are the note takers, they will go to heaven. I think that's in the Bible somewhere. And uh, pause, pause the pursuit. And it helped us do that this morning. I'm going to start with a little bit of Greek mythology and uh, the legend of Sisyphus. I, I, I really got into this legend recently and I really love it and I'm going to spin it. It fits really, really well with my message this morning. And Sisyphus was the first king of Corinth. Legend has it in Greece. And uh, he was kind of a crafty king. He was a pretty good king under his rulership. The uh, kingdom began to, or the city started growing and so there were some good things going on. But he was also kind of a, kind of a ruthless and trickster kind of guy too. And so people would come to visit him from all over Greece, and they'd give him gifts. And, and sometimes he was really awesome, and he accepted everything. And sometimes, just for fun, he'd like shove them out the castle window, and they would fall to their death just because he wanted to be a terrified king, right? And, and, and he even seduced his niece, which is kind of weird and strange and creepy. And so, so he's got some good things, but he's got some crazy things. And so because he doesn't have much of a hospitable spirit, right, the gods decide to punish him. And so they, they send him down to Hades, and, but because he's tricky, he treats the gods of death not once, but two different times. He leaves Hades and comes back to the land of the living, and so now he is really in trouble. The gods are like, he thinks he's smarter than us. We are really going to smote this guy right now. And so, you like that I used the word smote today? I was proud of myself for getting that in the message. And, and so like, we're going to smote him, and we're going to punish him for eternity, and so they, they condemn Sisyphus to, to, to this, and they said, what you're going to do, Sisyphus, is you're going to push this massive boulder up a mountain, and, and, and he would push this boulder up a mountain, and, and right before he reaches the top of the mountain, the boulder would get so heavy, and he would slip, and the boulder would roll all the way back down into the valley, to which Sisyphus would have to start all over again, pushing this massive boulder up the mountain and right before he reached his goal, it would come all the way down again. The legend of Sisyphus, it, it kind of resonates with so many of us because life can feel like that sometimes, doesn't it? I'm doing the same thing over and over again without it really ever seeming like it's going anywhere. I'm doing the same menial task again and again, and am I really going anywhere, you know? Now, the good news, and even though life might feel like that sometimes, the good news is, is that our God, Jehovah, come on somebody, has not condemned us to a life of meaninglessness. He's not condemned us to a life that doesn't go anywhere. He's not condemned our work to something that doesn't matter. No, no, in, quite, in fact, quite the opposite. When you get saved, I think besides salvation, what you pick up more than anything else is meaning. Your life matters. Your work now has mission. That, that as I get lost in the greater purposes of the mission of God, that all of a sudden I matter in a brand new way like, like I would never matter before. Come on, guys. Life is more than taking our kids to soccer practice. Or football, if you're Hispanic here today, we can have that debate later. You know, and I'll just, I'll just, I'll just start it out by saying you win. I get it. It's football. It makes more sense. Okay, 
And I don't know what we should call American football, but, you know, whatever. Tackle. Let's call it tackle ball. Okay, it's perfect. Thank you, Martin, for that, that suggestion. And so, and so but life is, life is more than taking our kids to sports and rocking our 9 to 5 and Taco Tuesdays. And, you know, and, and it's like, there's, there's more to it than that. And, and I think even people are like, it's funny because when, when you get into life, everybody's like, you got to go to college. And then you got to get your master's. You know, and then, man, you got to get married. You're behind. And, and then you're like, man, you got to start having kids. you got to have a couple more kids, right? Like, life feels like this race. And then you have kids. You're like, man, you got to get them in sports. You don't want your kids to be weird. You know, like you got to get them in school. you got to get them in sports. And now you feel all the social pressure like, oh, man, I'm, I'm behind. And, man, you got to start saving. You know, oh, okay. you gotta get, you got to get a house. You know, we're looking for a house right now in South Florida. Oh, my gosh. It's a struggle, y'all. The struggle is real in the housing market right now. And, and it's like, you got to get a house. And, you got to start saving. Get ready for retirement. You ever, you ever notice nobody talks about after retirement? They just drop it. Yeah, the conversation's like, oh, what happens after retirement? We all die. <laughs> nobody talks about that part. It's like life is this crazy race and pursuit, and then we all die. And if I don't have Jesus in my life, it's all meaningless. That's, that's what the writer, right, in the Bible, he said, meaningless, meaningless. Everything under the sun is meaningless. All this pursuit. And I, this morning, I, I want to just submit to us this morning, and again, just pause the pursuit. And I, and I want you to ask this question this morning, where is God in my pursuit? Where is Jesus in the things that, that I'm pursuing and that I'm chasing so hard. You know, my wife and I, for years, we've been banking with Chase Bank. And, and, I, and I do enjoy that bank. It's a good bank, good customer service. And their slogan is, Chase what matters. Chase what matters. And, and they recognize everybody's in motion. Man, people are in pursuit. They're, they're, they're running, and they're running hard and fast and trying to get somewhere. And this morning, I, I just want to slow down for a second and just pause the pursuit Pause the pursuit. What are we running after this morning? Romans 12, too, says this. This is Paul talking. He says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. You know God has a good, pleasing, and perfect will. And sometimes we're in the will of God. Sometimes we're in the perfect will of God. And, and sometimes we're not. We're in the permissible will of God, which is what they say is what God allows, but it's not what God wants. And the reason God allows certain things is because he didn't make us like robots. You and I have a will. We get to choose if we follow after the, the good, pleasing, and perfect will of God or, or if we want to kind of do our own thing, you know. And, and, and so this morning, I, I just want to submit to you and, and, and let you do a little internal searching in your heart as Man, where is God in, in my pursuit? What, what am I chasing and digging so hard after? And man, is God in that thing? Where, where would God be at? What does God say about it? Is, you know, what's the will of God for my life? I, I think so often, so many of us are experiencing the pressure of a boulder because we're, we're trying to, to do something God never called us to. You know, God called us to be builders, but He didn't call him to be a, be a boulder pusher. And so often we experience pressure just because we've picked up stuff and, and weights and burdens and pursuits. Who said your kids have to be in five sports a week? You know? 
I mean, I'm going to help some families out here. It's like you're spread so thin. You're so stressed out. You're not having any sex. This is for the married people right now. And it's like, who said you had to be run until 9 o'clock every single night? Right? Like not even the Instapot saving you. You're so stressed out. You're just like, I got no time. Well, who's, who, where did that come from? Where did that boulder come from? Where, where's the will of God in that? When God said, hey, man, my, my burden is easy. My yoke is light. Come on, y'all listen to what I'm saying this morning here. I'm just trying to preach and help a few people. And, and so where's it? You know, and I'll tell you what, single people, I've not left you out. This often plays out in our relationships all the time. You know, you, you might be single here this morning. You're running. You're chasing after God. Everything's going good. You're coming to City Lift on Sunday. You're reading your Bible. You got your Hillsong, you know, on Spotify. And, and you're like chasing after God. And all, and all of a sudden, you look over here, like way over here, somebody that's not on your path, somebody that's not running after God. They're not in your destiny, right? They're a detour, but man, they are sexy, right? And that last person didn't text you back, and so your feelings are still hurt about that. And so, and so even though you know it probably isn't the right thing because your pursuit's over here and they way over here, you're like, oh, but man, they do look good, you know? And, and you just like take this massive detour. And, and you jump into this relationship that God never created for you, but you started it anyway because your feelings were hurt and you felt lonely. Come on, we've all started something because we felt lonely. And, and, and it's like now you're all the way over here, and, and even after all the sex, you still feel empty, right? After all the arguments, the relationship never really went anywhere. And after all the money you spent, there's no investment in your life. And, and, and after a whole year of all kinds of energy loss, now you've just circled around and you're right back to where you started and you're not any, any farther in your destiny. Can, can I tell you, some of you single people this morning, you know, the devil doesn't have to destroy you. He just has to distract you. That's what gets up a lot of us single people in trouble. Is, is we're not destroyed. We're just distracted. We're detouring constantly and we're not running for our destiny. If you're single here this morning, you don't ever have to leave your path to find the right person. Oh, I'm going to preach that again. You never have to leave your path to find the right person. The right person will be on your path. I tell you, the best way to fall in love is run after God with all your heart. Chase him like crazy. Run, run, run. And then look around to see who's keeping pace with you. Come on, somebody. Pick the cute one and marry them. Come on, y'all just need to clap for that this morning because that's some good revelation for some of you. Because some of you have been living for five plus years in detours relationally, and you're like, why isn't this working? Don't leave your path. You don't ever have to leave your path to find the right person. This is how Jesus said this in Matthew 6. It's a little longer, but, but please listen along. He says, therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life. Wow, we could stop right there and just have church on that word this morning. What you're going to eat or drink or about your body, what you're going to wear, is not life more than food and the body more than clothes. Look at the birds of the air. They don't sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they are? Wow. Can any one of you by worrying add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow? They don't labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all of his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that's how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, is he not much more going to clothe you? Oh, you of little faith. 
Don't worry, saying, what are we going to eat or what are we going to drink or what are we going to wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But, watch this, verse 33, but seek first the kingdom and his righteousness, and then all these things will be given to you as well. Wow. Pause your pursuit. What are you chasing after so hard this morning? That, that word first in the Greek, I love this, is, is the Greek word proton. It's where we get like our proton, neutrons, electrons in our language, right? First, it means first in time or place. First in rank and in influence or honor. It, it, it's the chief or principal thing. What is God saying to us this morning? He's saying, make my kingdom first, right? And then all these things will be added to you. Can we just give our servant leaders a huge clap really quick for choosing to get up early in the morning on a Sunday and come in here to serve and sweating? And man, they're amazing. It's just make my kingdom first and all these things that everybody else is chasing like crazy for, right? I'll add to you. I'll make it an addition to what you've already got. Pause your pursuit. Paul said it like this in 1 Corinthians. He said, I do not run like someone running aimlessly. Man, how many people in 2020 already are just running around aimlessly? He said, I do not fight like a boxer beating the air. You know, they, they actually say in boxing that it costs a boxer more energy to miss than it does to hit. Wouldn't it look so dumb if boxers, right, like if McGregor was going around and he was just boxing the air? You'd be like, what is wrong with you, man? you got to hit your target. How many people are running around boxing the air, never hitting their targets? I don't know about you, but I don't want to live a life that just runs around aimlessly and punches the air all day long. Come on, I actually want to go somewhere. I want my life to matter. Actually, I want to do something that, that, that's got mission. You know, and, and I think for so many of us, we're just like, man, well, how, do I, how do I, listen, you get lost in the kingdom of God, you are going to find yourself like never before. That's what Jesus even said. He goes, if you lose your life for my sake, guess what? You're going to find it. It's like this weird switch that happens, lose myself, and all of a sudden I find it more than I ever had, try to keep it, and, and it disappears and it goes away. This morning, pause your pursuit. What are you chasing after? Is, is the kingdom of God, is it first in your heart? It, it, does the relationship with God, but does Jesus mean more than just getting married? And if you're married this morning, does Jesus mean more than just fixing your marriage? Because what I found is when you fall in love with Jesus and you get good at being in a relationship with him, it matures you to be in a place to actually have a good marriage, to have a, a good relationship, to be developed enough to know what it means to carry somebody else's heart when you get good at carrying God's heart. Does Jesus matter? Does his, does his church matter? Does his kingdom matter? Where, where does that kind of rank in your heart? And if I'm honest, can, can I just help some of us this morning? Is here's where believers get tripped up a lot. And this comes from 1 Samuel chapter 5, and I'll just kind of like paraphrase it as, as we go through it. But, but a lot of believers get tripped up a little bit in idolatry. And you go, yo, Pastor Matt, I, I don't worship idols here this morning. Well, hold on, let me just break it down for a second. So 1 Samuel chapter 5, they get the Ark of God, and, and they bring it to, the, the Philistines capture it, they bring it in, and they bring it to the Temple of Dagon, right? And, and so they, they put the Ark Next, next to the idol of Dagon, and this is one of their gods, right? And, and they put it on the same shelf in the same place, right? And in the morning, when, when they come back, they, they see that, that the idol of Dagon was fallen on the ground. 
And they're like, whoa, what happened to Dagon? He must have slipped, right? And so let's put him back up. And they put him back up on the shelf right next to the ark of God. And then another day goes by. They sleep. They get up the next morning. And again, they get up the, the next morning. And they come in. And all of a sudden now the idol is on the ground. This time it's broken in pieces. It's shattered, right? The arms and the limbs are all broken off before, before God again on the shelf. And it's broken down. And then after this, they're like, yo, we got to get the Ark of the Covenant out of here, man. It's busting up our idols. It's, you know, going crazy in the town. Like, we got to get it out. And, and, and they send it on. Here's, here's what I'm saying is God and, and your idol, they can never sit on the same shelf. And, and, you, and you're like, yo, Pastor Matt, I, I, didn't, I didn't bust out Dagon this morning and say a prayer to Dagon after my coffee. I get that. I get that. I, I get that. But, but we all struggle with idolatry, don't we? You know, and, and if you don't believe me, just, just hang in there. Even though God made sex for the covenant of marriage, oh, we love our idol, though, don't we? I don't want to give that up, Pastor Matt, you know. I, I want it on that shelf. And, man, you know, even though the Bible says to tithe and that 10% actually belongs to God, yo, Pastor Matt, I got to pay my bills, though, you know. I love that money, man. Ooh, it just, it's just, ooh, we want it on that shelf, and, even though my life is supposed to just portray Jesus, man, oh, I, I love collecting all those followers and all those likes on, on the gram, and, and boy, I do look cute on that gram, you know? Like, and, and, and so it's so funny, like so much of our minds are just like, who's following me instead of who am I pointing to Jesus? I mean, we are a generation lost in that. And, and, all, and all of a sudden, we're just, we got these things that sit on the shelf, you know? Oh, Pastor Matt, don't take my gram away. You know, I'm not against Instagram. I, I got it, and I'm not, I'm not, I'm not against sex, and, you know, I'm married. We have it, and, man, I'm not against money. Everybody needs it, you know, but, but, but where does it all sit in your spirit? What do you really love? Like, what's really sitting in first place on the shelf of your I found it's a whole lot easier to go to my shelf and take my idol down and ask God to forgive me instead of just waiting on God to knock it down. Because God is never going to lose in your life. If he's got to keep you single for five more years to get your heart, he'll do it. Come on, he got to keep you broke until you get humble. He'll do it. Like he's after your heart. And I know I'm like really preaching this morning and not being cute, but you all need to hear this junk because I want you to have the best 2020 ever. And you can't have the best 2020 until Jesus sits first in your heart. It can't be done. And, and, and so what I've learned is so much easier to let God just, just bring it down and apologize and let God knock it down. Here, here's, the, here's what gets a lot of Christians in trouble. They cling so tight to their idol that when their idol falls, they get cut when it crashes. And I've watched a lot of Christians get cut with the idol that they've worshipped when it fell down. I don't want that to be us. I don't want that to be us. It's a lot easier to take that idol down and be like, God, I'm sorry, I was stupid. Please forgive me. I'm going to put you first in my life and first in my heart, and I'm going to follow you. It's, it's been said that living 99% is hard, but living 100% is easy. Make a quality decision in your spirit this morning. I'm going to live for God like never before in 2020. And just see what he won't do. The great theologian M.C. Hammer said, you better check yourself before you wreck yourself. You know, we've been, we've been looking for houses recently, and, and yesterday we were out doing some house hunting, saw about five, six homes, and, um, and, and the kid, we brought the kids with us this time, which was kind of a tall order to bring a five-year-old and a two-year-old house hunting, but, you know, we, we didn't have any other options. We kind of wanted them to be with us and just kind of make it a family day. And, and i got to be honest, i got to brag on my kids. Yesterday, they were actually really, really, really well-behaved. 
Like, they were really well-behaved. We're having these conversations about roofs and, and foundations and when the house is built and all these conversations that kids don't care about, right? Like, what's my son care about? Like, Paw Patrol, you know what I'm saying? Mighty Pups, like, when we go into Target to buy a new toy. That's what gets my son, like, really, like, ramped up. And, and so he's like, I don't care about these things. But both my kids were really, really good yesterday. And we went to Chick-fil-A for lunch because it's not open on Sunday, so you got to go on Saturday if you got the craving. And, and so, why do you always want a Chick-fil-A sandwich after church on Sunday? You're just like, Jesus, I'm trying to go to your favorite fast food restaurant, but it's closed. Anyway, that was funnier in my head. You know, thanks. <laughs> so thanks for all the laughs there. And so, so, and so they're really, really good kids, and, and, and we go to Chick-fil-A, and they, they're like, we want ice cream. And I was like, you guys know what? You were so good, you're getting ice cream today. You guys were so good, you're getting ice cream today. And, and then later on in the afternoon, they were just so good all afternoon, even after eating and after ice cream. They were so good. And, I, and I, I, we were driving home. I said, you know what, babies? I go, Daddy, Daddy's going to get you another treat. But it's not going to be sugar because you already had that. And, and I just couldn't help myself. I was like, i got to get them another treat. They're just so good. C- can I tell you this, guys? That, that if I'm an earthly father and I've got a heart that wants to bless my children, how much more does God really, really want to bless you like crazy in 2020? He really does. He just, I'll tell you, you know, you know what really gets God going? You give God your heart like never before. Tell Him that you love Him, you're going to live for Him, you're going to do your best. He'll give you grace to, to get there. Like, it's not all on our powers. This is definitely not a condemnation message this morning. This is not a message to make you do it all in your own flesh. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying you open up your heart to God, and you are going to find a God that wants to bless you, not beat you. You are going to find smiles and not frowns. You're going to find arms wide open, not like a foot in the, in the face. You are going to find a heavenly Father that cannot wait to bless your socks off. He's like, man, that's my kid. I love them. I'm so proud of them. Look at what they're doing. Look at how they're living. Look at how I'm first in their heart. Ah, that's what our Heavenly Father wants to do this morning. Thanks for listening to City Lift Church's podcast. Subscribe now to get new episodes each and every week. If you live in or ever in the South Florida area, come visit us on Sundays at Northeast High School in Oakland Park. You can also visit our website at citylift.church and keep updated with us on Instagram by following us at citylift.church.